Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Hello, and welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And this is episode 20. And today we're going to be talking about substances and magic. (laughs) So um, it's totally heavy and (laughs) triggering. So, you know, top unintended. Um, and so I just, <laughs> that was bad. Sorry. I was so bad. That was so bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but no, really it can be lo- a loaded topic. It can be something that can bring up a lot of feelings or opinions or whatnot. But, um, but I think important one to address because it's something that does come up in, um, the pagan community and in rituals and gatherings. Um, so yeah, so I think we should talk about it. So I also want to just say that this week, Veronica and I are trying a new medium for recording. So we're still using our, our regular platform, but we're, we're kind of doing it a different route, a circuitous route. So hopefully this will come through clearly. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Right. Um, we have been away from each other for so many weeks now using zoom that this feels really trippy. Cause I can't see Veronica. Um, <laughs> and normally I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know you so well, Emily, it's going to be okay. I know. I know. Well, we have this <laughs> amazing talk on the phone for many, many hours at length. So this should be fine as long yeah. as we can stay focused. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Yes, focused. Focused. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I do you have a place you want to start, Veronica, or should I start? Yeah, well, I I feel like we started, um, you know, thinking about doing this podcast. We were talking about what magic is. Uh Um, one of our past podcasts, we said, Oh, magic is changing consciousness at will. Yes. Um, and so that's kind of where we started, even. You know, how do you change consciousness at will? Um, and then thinking about how we alter our consciousness and, and taking substances is a really common, easy way to change your consciousness. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. And, and, you know, we were, we were talking about changing consciousness at will. And I think we even mentioned this in an earlier podcast Um, but talking about different ways that you can do that around, like, you know, I think we even talked about like taking deep breaths and using ritual or chanting or singing or movement or, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different things that you can utilize to shift the way that you are viewing the world, um, and shift your energy and the way you're bringing it into the world. Um, but I think the key component there is the words at will. Mm Mm-hmm. Because like you yep. said, substances, like, it's totally easy to shift and alter your consciousness when you utilize substances, but you also lose a certain part of your will in that. Yeah, because your body takes over. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you don't really have control over, you know, how it's working through your system. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is very true. And I know for me back when I, you know, I've, I've dabbled in kind of, um, paganism and witchcraft and the occult and all of that for many, many years, you know, going back to, you know, early adolescence or pre-adolescence. Um, but when I actually started getting involved in like bigger communities, uh, specifically the reclaiming community, and I was going to classes and workshops and wood camp and um, public rituals. I remember at that point in my life, I was in my early 20s and, and I liked to go out and party. I would socially drink. Um, and sometimes Mm -hmm. non-socially drink, (laughs) but I definitely, um, was in a different phase of my life. And I remember that all of those gatherings for reclaiming were, they were very well knitted as, um, yes. And I, and I know Veronica, you were involved with reclaiming on a deeper level than I was as far as like planning and stuff. So you, you know, you were privy to that. Uh, Um, yeah. I mean, they, they, they had, they, I'm sure they still have, I'm not as a part of their community now, but, um, a real strict policy of clean and sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really good reason for that. Um, yes. like we were just saying, um, when you don't have control over what is happening in your body, um, you know, things can happen. Um, totally. Such as, <laughs> you know, you could, well, first, one thing is people can be inappropriate. And especially if you're mm-hmm. in a group setting, um, if you are, you know, if you are um, doing a group ritual and you're trying to go deep or, you're, you know, and somebody else next to you is high on something and they're, they're doing something that maybe be inappropriate um, for the rest of the group. You know, you're not socially mm-hmm. as tapped in. I mean, that's just one one of several reasons. Um, well, and the, I think the other reason, and this is something. So, like when I went to my first big public ritual, and it was a clean and sober event, I had a deeply profound experience, and it was very much my consciousness shifting. And like, yeah, I was I was blown away by the energetics of the experience. And, and that it was completely sober too. I mean, that actually surprised me. I remember feeling that way at the time of like, wow, Mm -hmm. my mind just got blown and I'm totally sober. (laughs) Yeah. This is crazy. Um, so I think that, you know, there is that piece of just learning how to work with your own energies and how to shift your own consciousness in the group. If you're, if you create something and trying to work together to create something, but not everybody is in the same place, right? We're not all in the same place at any given time, but you throw a little substance in there and suddenly that divide grows, Mm -hmm. right? So suddenly you're not necessarily all working towards the same energetic flow or intention. Yeah. Yeah, And in a group, you usually have, you come into a ritual with a group intention mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all, you can all of a sudden, you know, when, when, when you use a substance, you oh. can, you a lot, most of the time in your own world, I mean, you may feel more extroverted depending on what, you know, substance you ingest, but, um, 
you are essentially having your own inner experience that other people may or may not understand what's happening. Right. Totally. Uh, Yeah. And, and even though it can give you the illusion of being more connected in many ways, it can also disconnect you more Um, because if people aren't where you're at, again, there's that divide. Yeah. Another. Go ahead. Uh, another thing I was thinking of was I actually, I took a plant spirit medicine class, um, you know, and, and there's many cultures that use plants to change their consciousness in a ritual setting. Um, and this class, um, my particular teacher spoke about um, people who are on um, some sort of substance leave themselves open spiritually mm-hmm. to negative energies that I mean she was actually specifically talking about possession I know some people don't believe in that um, but that evil spirits or entities could enter you while you're vulnerable and open mm-hmm. um, yeah do you have something Emily <laughs> well no I mean I've actually I've I I believe that personally, Mm -hmm. I know that not everybody subscribes to that, but, and I don't even know if I would go so far as to say possession, although I imagine that's something that is possible. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do, when you are using any kind of substance, you are opening a doorway of sorts into yourself where you are less guarded and more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And whether that is to negative energy or negative entities, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't say that I know. I do believe that um, both, I personally believe both those things exist, but as you said, not everybody does. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you know, substances definitely open that vulnerability. And uh, I have read multiple books on the topic of being, I guess, possessed or, or having an energy attached to people when they are altered. Yeah, and, and if you're doing some deep magic or heavy work and you're and you can't have, you know, you're not having all your capacities of protection that you would normally have, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's where the vulnerability comes in. P- particularly, I don't know if some of you have heard of this, but she was saying that, like, they can attach from the back of the neck, like, that is a, like mm-hmm. a, a place of vulnerability, Um just a little that's like kind of a side note but um just kind of interesting that there actually there's there is a lot on this topic um yeah so that was just a little piece (laughs) yeah yeah I, I think it's an important thing just to note uh whether you believe in it or not but just to note that it is something that has been talked about and experienced cross culturally as well uh which when I see themes that run cross-culturally I tend to give them a little more I don't know credit (laughs) or attention or curiosity at the very least uh because you know for something to hold weight in across different cultures there's usually some thread in there of truth yeah yeah some sort of evidence right (laughs) right but that being said I also think it's important to just note that Many plants and, I mean, generally plants, but hallucinogenic plants have been used across different cultures by Mm -hmm. shaman 
to journey and gather information or um, usually I think to gather information uh, or to communicate with other realms. And were you going to say something? I, you can hear me. (laughs) I can. You can't see me, but you can hear me. So this is great. (laughs) (laughs) One of our senses are working. Um, Uh, well, uh, something I was, uh, that I've read about and something that is pretty, a uh, uh, kind of a neat thing is, um, in the Nordic, Nordic, uh, tradition, the yew tree is looked, looked at as being the tree of life. Now mm-hmm. they have done, um, their scientists or botanists really who have done, um, research on the yew tree and they have found that on a very hot day, the yew tree gives off a hallucinogen. So if you were to sit under that tree, mm-hmm. you could start essentially hallucinating just by inhaling what the tree was exhaling. Oh, that's fascinating. And the yew tree, it, you know, this tree of life that the Nordic t- tradition looks at, this is the, the tree that sends you to the nine worlds. So if you think about Um, when you are, you know, on a substance and you travel different places, Mm -hmm. I mean, not saying that that's actually really the only way that that is, but that's kind of what they're saying, where that's, where that might be coming from, you know, that you you can travel using um, a substance, you know, a plant, really. Right. Right. Well, and you see this with peyote, ayahuasca, um, you know, hallucinogenic mushrooms that people have utilized these substances or these plants um, or fungi, I guess, uh, mushrooms or fungus, not plants. But anyway, they've been, <laughs> they've been utilizing them for many, many years. Uh, and often they, there are shaman who will lead people through uh-huh. journeys with these different plants and medicines. Um, and you know, I think that if you, I, so again, this, I'm going to just say this is my bias, but I think if you want to go down that road, it is always a good idea to find a guide, um, somebody yes. who knows, uh, knows about the plant or the fungus or the, you know, whatever it is that you're going to be utilizing, um, somebody who can hold the space for you, who is in their own clear state as they hold that space or their mm-hmm. own ritual space. So that, because uh, you never know how things are going to affect you. Yep. And some people will, I've talked to many people who've done different types of being, and some people will these really life-changing, amazing experiences, and other people will have life-changing, really negative experiences. Yes. Um, and I've known several people who've had, like, psychosis from, from, partaking of different hallucinogens um yeah yeah I I mean I'll I was going to share a little bit about my personal experience um because I felt it was very positive I I never had taken a hallucinogen plant in ritual and we had a circle um where we consciously set up the ritual and there was a woman that was leading us and it was a very conscious 
it was a beautiful experience that we took medicinal mushrooms and I, um, you know, I was feeling a little sick physically at first because it tends to do that to you. But um, I actually started eating ginger, another medicinal plant, (laughs) (laughs) and was able to actually commune with the plants. We were outside and um, I had an amazing connecting experience with the earth, with my other circle sisters. Um, And it was, it's really the only time I've ever had that experience before. I've never taken any um, plants in ritual in that way. And I haven't since, but not, I, but definitely from that experience, it was very positive. I felt like it was held very well. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, it can, it can, it can, and I, and I actually communed with uh, the plant mugwort like I never have. And now that I, I have this deep connection with this plant. Um, I have her in my garden and I can still see the colors that I saw. Like I was seeing these beautiful, like magenta colors flowing like blood, like, like it was her blood um, flowing through the plant. And when I see her now, I can actually, I can see that. Uh So Uh I feel like there's a lot of um, different experiences people can have and, I had a very positive experience with, with mine. I'm very grateful. <laughs> right. And like you said, it was held in a um, intentional space. The whole ritual was very specific. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it was just, it was contained. Um, yes. In a way that, yeah, it wasn't just like a random gathering where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, even though everybody else is doing this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the flip side of that, though, so that that's an example. It's a really good example of an intentional ritual um, that utilizes a substance as, you know, basically the core of that ritual, like the intention was to do this journey. Um, But then I'm also thinking of like years ago, uh, gathering in a circle at at a camp out and doing a ritual and drinking like everybody was drinking so like socially drinking before we even got started. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Oh yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do this ritual. And we were like, so <laughs> not present yes. as we did our ritual. Yes. Honestly, to this day, I can't tell you what the intention was. We got batteries in the fire and they blew up. Like we just were yeah, not in our crazy. bodies. We were not together. It, it was, I mean, we were together, but we just weren't on, on the same energy wavelength. Um, yeah. So that's an example, like those are two examples of actually the same group where things went well and things went not well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a definitely, it's, it's kind of a different mentality. Like, what are you wanting to get out of your ritual? Right. Like, you know, because like you said, you don't remember what that was even about. Like, I don't either. <laughs> you know? I wonder if anybody else does either. I just remember us. Like it felt like kind of like a party atmosphere, laughing yeah. and having fun. And, you know, what we, that's what I got out of it. So, you know, was that the intention? I don't know. <laughs> Probably right. not. Well, Probably well, not. Well, and some rituals are focused on laughing and having fun, but yeah. being present in that. Yeah. So I, I yes. think part of the changing consciousness at will and making magic piece of everything is being present to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And substances notoriously will take you out of the present moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, or bring you so far into the present moment that 
like you're not moving in the right time zone. Like the moment keeps lasting over right. and over and over again. <laughs> right. Well, you just, you might be in really in the moment, but everybody else is in the next moment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think um, it's important for me to just share that I don't use substances. I've, I've been sober actually for like 13 years almost um <laughs> wow <laughs> like a really long time uh but that but I do sometimes use plants like uh chamomile or mugwort you know um or skullcap or you know use them not sometimes medicinally but also sometimes in ritual mm-hmm. you know so maybe I'm gonna use mugwort to clear my energy or um, or make a mugwort tea or something like that. I'm using that plant. That's not my plant per se that really speaks to me, but um, it actually usually gives me a headache. But mm. I'm using it because it's a very common one that a lot of people know. Uh, but that might get used in a ritual to sort of shift or I don't even think shifting consciousness is the right term. I think it's more like aligning consciousness. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate veronica am i do you think i'm saying this right you know it's interesting i mean you pick mugwort because mugwort's one of the stronger plants uh-huh that i like when you said skull cap i was like oh that's that's kind of like a la la um <laughs> kind of like a, a more chilled out plant is my experience i should say because i guess everyone's uh-huh. very set difference in their sensitivity i tend totally. to like to get hit over the head um uh-huh. <laughs> um but yes, I feel like um, using medicinal plants that that are more that that aren't going to change your chemistry physically and change, I guess you know, like a substance might, um, or at least not with the same heavy hand, so that exactly. you're working in collaboration with it versus yeah. being, uh, I guess, taken over by it. Yeah. So you you do have a sense of yourself, and you yes. know you, you you have that sense that oh you know I'm noticing this right now this plant is working on this level for me right now mm-hmm. um yeah as opposed to you know going like being knocked out or no over the head like I don't know what's happening and seeing things and feeling things and um so that I guess so I feel like that could definitely feel like you're more in alignment with you know, your energies or other energies you're trying to work with. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think like in summary. Yes. Of what, (laughs) (laughs) of what we've, Oh wait, I have one more thing before I do summary. So, um, so the other thing is, is ritual like wine. Uh, I know that this is something that a lot of people utilize in, in their rituals and not like to get drunk, but like as a symbol of something or passing the the ritual cup before we had Um, (laughs) COVID-19 when people actually came together and did ritual (laughs) and and touched each other and shared glasses. Um, (laughs) So weird. The good old days. Uh, Anyway. Someday, 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 but, but, you know, that's using substance in a symbolic way. 
mm-hmm. much in maybe the same way you might leave something on your altar in a symbolic way, you know, some type of plant or, you know, what, medicine, whatever it might be, substance, uh, where you're not actually using it to alter your consciousness, you're using it more for the symbology of it. And so that's just another way that substance sometimes gets used in ritual or in magical practices that doesn't necessarily alter the way that you're functioning. Well, and you say symbology, and I also would go so far as saying like the essence of it, because these plants, you know, they hold heavy medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have, and, and, and when you talk about, you know, wine or meat or whatever, a lot of, or cordials, typically it's handmade and it's made with yeah. love and care, you know, uh-huh. and so it holds all of that. And if you're offering it, you're, you know, you are offering to spirit, you're offering to your friends and family, whoever you're offering it to is you're offering that essence of love or whatever, you know, intention that that, you know, that you put in that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> in summary, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Magic is changing consciousness at will. Often, when there's substance involved, you no longer are changing consciousness at will because your consciousness is changing without your control. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people like shamans and and, and medicine people who are able to utilize some of those medicines and help guide folks who are interested on journeys. And, and my bias is it's always good to have a guide <laughs> if you're going to be taking any kind of hallucinogens um, for ritual purposes, then I think it's a great idea to have a guide and mm-hmm. have that container really held and created for you. Um, Okay, help me out, V. Where else? What else was our summary? <laughs> <laughs> what else are we summarizing here? Um, good question. Uh, there are very there are and there's there's positive sides of using plants for yeah. changing your consciousness, and it's not, you know, just you know these really heavy like you know plants. There's other plants as well that are right, lighter more and, ge- gentle. Yeah, gentle, exactly. Right. And it's a really good idea when you're moving into doing any kind of group ritual that you're really clear about, you know, is everybody on the same page? Is this a clean and sober event? Um, You know, what is the philosophy of this group who is putting on this ritual or this Mm -hmm. gathering? And to be able to be in alignment with that so that energetically you can really participate on a deep level with whatever the, you know, the magic that's being made in that moment is. Um, yeah, I think, I think that covered all the bases. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that is our, our, um, substance and magic podcast. Do you have any more to add on that, Veronica? No, I, I mean, I have a deep love. Well, I'm just going to say I have a deep love for plants. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I am not one to use substances like on a very heavy or, you know, usual basis. Um, but (laughs) I'm not opposed to it. You know, I can Mm -hmm. see that I can see the magic behind it. And, um, and I see there's some plants that are really powerful and need to be held in respect. Um, 
Yeah, I would add that I think all of it needs to be held in respect, powerful or not. Yeah. Like you're going to bring a substance into into a ritual space, there needs to be a, a really serious level of respect and intention that is coming with that. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, I just totally Beautiful. cut you off. <laughs> no, that's, I totally agree with that. So that's just yeah, adding the topping. <laughs> right. And, I, and just, you know, being someone who is, who is basically sober, um, I would just say, you know, it's good to know the people you're practicing with. Because mm-hmm. for me, like, you know, I, it's important to me that I'm on the same page with everybody and that if, if something is getting passed around, you know, like a tincture that might have a high alcohol content or something, I'm not opposed to that by any means and I'll totally take it. But in mm-hmm. my early stages of sobriety, I definitely wanted to know, like, yeah. what is this and what are you handing me? And like, you know, um, and so I, I think it's important, again, just communication and knowing, mm-hmm. know your crowd. Yep. Know, know your fellow witches. Nice. <laughs> and it helps to know your plants. Right. <laughs> and know your plants. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank you, Veronica. I'm glad mm-hmm. we figured out how to make this work. And um, we will be back next week on The Witch Next Door with a whole new topic for y'all. So until then, take good care and make your day magical. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.